It's a great prayer, isn't it? Come breath of life, come breathe among us. Which, of course, is what happened on the day of Pentecost. Um, and uh, today, uh, we, we, yeah, we're, we're doing a series on 1 Peter, and we've been thinking about Peter who wrote that. Uh, and today, of course, in Pentecost, uh, Peter is, is, one of the chief, is the chief player in this story. Uh, as you heard, that Adrian had the longest part, uh, I think, to read the, 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 the sermon that Peter preached to those thousands of people in, in Jerusalem. But the story is not all about Peter. Uh, this is a story about um, the 50-day period after, uh, after Jesus has, uh, has died and, and, and risen from the dead. Um, it's about, I would say, this is a story about inclusion. Uh, and I'm going to go through this story rather quickly, um, I'm conscious of time, uh, and think about how everybody is included in this story. It's not just about Peter. It's not just about individuals, it's about the church. And I think in our current UK society, uh, we've had too much individualistic thinking, haven't we? Uh, I mean, most of us, you've got an iPad or an iPhone, uh, it's all about me, isn't it? And, and you, I'm sure you enjoy a little bit of me time every so often, but all of our adverts, you know, you're worth it. It's all about individuals. Whereas actually this is about the church. Yes, the Holy Spirit came on individuals. Each one was touched. Um, and as they uh, were touched by the Spirit, they were born again. Uh, they became uh, alive in Christ. Uh, and it, not only were they kind of born as Christians, but the birthday of the church, starting with 3,000 people and now numbering 2 billion, plus, of course, all the people that have lived over the last 2,000 years, uh, the saints uh, in, in heaven. It's the birthday of the church. So let's just have a look at a few phrases that appear in this passage, uh, and they keep coming up over and over again. Um, so if you've got your Bible open, have a look at Acts chapter 2. And it starts with the same theme. On the day of, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. What do you do when you're in trouble or when you need support? Do we not come together? Uh, and that's why we're here on a Sunday. Uh, Christianity is not about a personal religion or a personal journey. Although, of course, there is a personal journey for each one of us on our journey of faith. It's about being together in one place. Notice when the tongues of fire came down, they landed on each of them. Everyone was touched by a tongue of that fire. Um, so the Holy Spirit is actually not just for some people. The Holy Spirit is poured out on all who will receive. Now, sometimes um, people uh, have said things to me like, are you a born-again Christian? And the answer is, what other kinds of Christians are there? Actually, because if you are a Christian, you are born again through the blood of Christ and by the, uh, by the Holy Spirit and by the water of baptism, we are born again. And uh, so there aren't any other kinds. You're either a Christian or you're not. It depends whether the Spirit, uh, whether you've accepted Jesus and whether the Spirit has, has made that change in your heart. 
And at the end of this day, the tongues came on each, and it says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them. This is not a selective process. Of course, God chooses uh, what he does. He's sovereign, but all of them were filled, every single person in that room. Did that mean they were all exactly the same? No, it didn't. The Spirit did whatever was needed in each person. Uh, We're all individuals in that respect, but all were filled in the Holy Spirit. So let's now turn to the crowd, from the disciples to the crowd. Uh, In Jerusalem, there were God-fearing Jews from every nation. And this is really significant, because since the exile, as we were looking at the other day, when the Jews were, Jerusalem was ransacked by the Babylonians, and the Jews were taken off, many of them, into Babylon, and then they went all over the world, uh, the Jews have always been a scattered people. We're thinking of the word diaspora, um, which means they are spread out all over the world. Uh, But for Pentecost, many of them try to come back into Jerusalem. So there are people from all over the world, uh, and we have a great big list of countries there. And uh, I don't know, when you were looking at the house group notes last week, which I've repeated this week, by the way, because it's this week's sermon and we haven't got house groups. um, There's an interesting comparison between the the places mentioned in Acts chapter 2 and at the beginning of Peter's letter. I'll just read to you very briefly. Uh, Peter's letter. To God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. Some of those names are the same as the ones on the day of Pentecost. Can you see the connection? That people who were filled with the Spirit and became believers and became part of the church on the day of Pentecost, here, something like 30 years later, perhaps when Peter is writing his letter, uh, are mentioned in those very places. So maybe they're still going, like the candles. You know, people have tried to put them out, but actually there they are in places like Asia and all, which is, most of those places are in modern Turkey. Uh, But all over the world, the gospel has spread and it has not been put out. Um, They're from every nation. Notice each one heard in their own language. I mean, that's the miracle of Pentecost, isn't it? I mean, if I were to speak to you this morning in French, I think perhaps one or two of you would understand it. Uh, That's probably because my French is so bad. Even if you were French, you wouldn't understand it. But, you know, if I were to try to speak in in Latvian, I think you'd be the only person that would understand. And I I certainly can't do that, uh, Ruta. So... uh, um, But the miracle was, on this day, everybody heard in their own language. Now, last, a couple of weeks ago, we had had the Sawyers, Judith and Will Sawyers, who worked for Wycliffe Bible Translators. And they were explaining how important it is to translate the Bible into some of the languages in Africa, in the Central African Republic, where each tribe has their own language. To really understand God, you have to have the word in your own language, But uh, as the Archbishop of Canterbury was saying this morning uh, on on the radio, it's not just about uh, translation, it's about communication. Because the Spirit did not just speak in a language, he spoke to the hearts of people. So this is not just an academic exercise of hearing it in your own language. This is something that the Spirit does with the whole person. So let's now move on to Peter. 
We've looked at the disciples, we've looked at the crowd, see how diverse they were. Um, um, Peter addresses his sermon and he says, fellow Jews, and that would be true, most of them that would be in that Jerusalem would have been Jews, and as we heard in the reading, some of them were people who were born Jews and some of them who become Jews, uh, where, and they come together. But he says, um, fellow Jews and all of you in Jerusalem. He's not just preaching to the converted. <laughs> He's preaching to everyone. And I don't know who will be listening to this. I can see who's listening to this now. But uh, afterwards, Steve will be putting this on the internet. There could be people anywhere in the world who... Who, who, who log in to www.fiveheadbaptist.co.uk forward slash sermons. Uh, so if that's you today, God bless you, and I hope that uh, this speaks to you. Um, and then Peter quotes from the scriptures. Always a good thing to do. Our, our, our preaching must be based on the word of God. If it's just my ideas I'm giving you, then it's pretty worthless. But if it's the word of God... Uh, and one of the questions we looked at in uh, our Bible study notes was, how did Peter know all this scripture? And the answer is, that from a boy, as a Jewish boy, he would have gone to the synagogue, he would have heard it read week by week, and you learn things. In a, in a non, in a less of a written communication, they wouldn't have had books. Uh, it would have been an oral tradition, and they would have learnt the scriptures over the years. Also, Peter spent three years with Jesus and now just 40 days with the risen Jesus explaining the scriptures to them. So Peter has this in his head, and now it comes out of his mouth by the power of the Spirit. You can't expect to preach or to know the scriptures unless you read them. And I read uh, depressing statistics about Christians today in the UK, a, a very small proportion... <coughs> Uh, who actually read the Bible every day. And uh, some people would say they go to church, but they hardly ever read the Bible apart from in church. Well, if you, if you need to have the word of God, you've got to read it and ingest it. And if you can't read, you can get it on tapes, or tapes, that's old-fashioned. You can get podcasts, audio books, etc. Peter had ingested this, but suddenly on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit says, this is the passage you need to preach on. He hadn't got time to prepare. He, you know, I, I knew I was going to be preaching this morning. Uh, Peter didn't. Suddenly he's thrust there on the day of Pentecost. And out comes the, uh, the word of God. Um, and, and look at this passage. In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people. You know, up until now, um, the Jews thought that the spirit was something which was only given to Jewish people. And in fact, only kings and prophets and important people like that. On all people. Here we go. Sons and daughters. You know, it's not something that's given to men over women. It's both. And young people. Uh, young men, visions, old men, dreams. There's something that everyone can do here. My servants. It's not just kings and prophets, but servants who are going to receive this Holy Spirit. I will pour out my spirit in these days. And at the end of that passage, Joel says, and Joel is writing to the people of Israel who've been exiled. 
He's trying to give them encouragement that one day there will be restoration. And, of course, this day is coming. He ends it, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, there have been Christians down the ages who say that actually only certain people can be saved uh, if God happens to have picked those people out. But actually, you know, we need to be careful with that. Yes, of course, it is God's sovereign will to... uh, But God wants everyone to be saved. And here, Joel says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you can't blame your lack of salvation on God. God wants all people to be saved, but actually he wants us to call on his name. Okay, so Peter goes on with this um, incredible talk, and of course the main part of his talk is about Jesus. But throughout the talk he talks about David, because the Jewish people knew who David was. He was their model king. And therefore he, he, he talks to them in their language. King David, the Messiah, will come from the line of David. And then he says, but you've also heard of this Jesus chap. And he explains how Jesus had been crucified. And how they cheered uh, for him one day and then the next day he was being crucified. But then he says, God raised him from the dead. And he actually points the finger at them, doesn't he? He said, you handed him over. But he does say with God's foreknowledge. You handed him over, God raised him from the dead. And he says, we are all witnesses. So he's referring to the disciples. We're all witnesses. Therefore, let all Israel be saved. Do you see this inclusive story here? It's about all of Israel. It's not just about picking out a few. All is, the door is open to all of Israel, in fact, to all people, to, to, to believe in this message. Hear and believe the message. And so the crowd's response, what shall we do? I don't know about you, but um, when you listen to a sermon, or when you preach a sermon indeed, do you think, what am I going to do as a result? I'm going to go up to the vicar with a sloppy handshake and say, nice sermon, vicar. (laughs) Well, you know, I've had those before, but I'd much rather you say, out of what you said today, I'm going to do this. God has spoken to me. Today I'm going to maybe change my attitude to somebody. Maybe I'm going to um, sell something and give it to somebody in need. Um, You know, there's plenty of opportunities for what God tells you to do. And what he tells me to do might not be the same as what he tells you to do. He might just say to you today, I'm going to be with you. John is going to say that to you. John's going to be in hospital tomorrow for a major operation. And God's word to you is, I'm going to be with you, John. Even when the waters come over, you will be with you. Uh, And through the fire, I'm going to be with you. Um, He will say different things to different people. What shall we do? And Peter's answer, repent, which simply means to turn around and face the other way. Repent and be baptised. That is not an optional thing. I don't know. People seem to think that baptism is an optional extra for Christians. It isn't. It's part of the package. Repent and be baptised. What does God say? And if you are, if you repent and you're baptised, everyone, he says, you will receive, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's not a might. 
You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that mean, it doesn't mean you are going to be like somebody else, but you will receive the gift of the Spirit for you. And the promise is for you, he says, and for your children, and for all who are far off, all who the Lord will call. Well, 2,000 years later, Peter was preaching about us. A children of generations and the ones that the Lord will call. And I'm sure that each of us could tell of our story how we've come to be here today. So let's talk about the church. This passage, I wanted to read the whole of Acts chapter 2. Because it's a great story and you've got to read the whole of it to see where it's going. It starts off with a bunch of people in an upper room. uh, And they're not quite sure what's going to happen. And it ends with the church. And that last bit about they gathered together, it says they. It's not talking about individuals, it's talking about a corporate life. They, all the believers were together. Well, that's a bit of a challenge because there are 3,000 of them by this time, uh, more than 3,000. But they were all together in Jerusalem. It's the only time in history when all of the church has been in one place. Now the church, of course, is scattered all over the world. All the believers were together and it tells them they broke bread, they listened to the apostles' teaching, which is what we're doing today. Uh, next uh, two weeks' time we'll break bread together. Um, they, they, did, uh, fe- they had fellowship, uh, they did miraculous signs, uh, they, they had everything in common, they sold things. Uh, now we, I sent around in the email that we, we're very pleased that we've got uh, the new head teacher at Hampton Cambridge School is a, a Christian lady, but she's come from overseas and she's moving to an unfurnished house. So she hasn't. She, she needs a, a lot of stuff. Um, so if you've got things that you could perhaps make available, then uh, you know, please let me know. As I said, um, they shared everything, and the Lord added daily to their number. That's it, isn't it? Don't think that the church is static. And that can cause problems when the church grows because new people don't, don't know what's gone on before. They don't necessarily know what we do and why we do it. We need to be uh, expecting that people will grow and build his church. And the church is inclusive. There are people of different nationalities, ages, genders, social status, the servant, and then later on the Ethiopian eunuch who was like the chancellor of the exchequer, Um, the rich and the poor sharing um, that's the church now I'm coming to the end but the state of utopia didn't last forever (laughs) this wonderful sharing uh, a few chapters on you see the problems start to arise when people started holding on to bits and and then people started falling out and you know complaining that my widows are not being looked after you know it wasn't perfect and neither are we but that's what god has called us to be imperfect but inclusive and that's why peter writes grace and peace in abundance to you isn't that good so we are the church we are the chosen people Not that it makes us proud in who we are, but it makes us grateful that God has chosen us to be part of his church. And may God bless and may God continue to add to his people. Um, Got a lot of empty seats today, so there's plenty of them to be filled, but uh, um, God will add to his people if we seek his ways. 
Let's just be quiet and pray, and then we're going to sing a song as we invite the young people to come back and join us.